The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with my friend Liz Chernet. We met at a night camp when we were 15, and we were close for a long time. Lost touch a little bit and then reconnected recently. And just being with her a few weeks ago took me back to the types of conversations that we would have in high school and college. And the question I have for her is one that I'd really like to ask a bunch of my friends. So Liz, what's the moment in your life that you replay in your mind most frequently? Well, when you asked this question, it was interesting because there were a couple different things that came to mind. Uh, one moment, which is definitely more on the sort of morbid downbeat side, which is, um, you know, the moment that I found out that my dad passed away when I was 10. Um, definitely a moment I replay over and over, just thinking about taking in that news and how I felt in that moment and just such a life-changing, pivotal moment for me. But there was another moment that came into my head as well, which is a little more sort of positive and, um, I don't know, just, just good vibes. So I think that's the one I want to share. Um, and I think when we were catching up, I told you about how in 2014, I spent a year traveling around the world, uh, went to like 27 or so different countries and spent at least a week and sometimes up to like six weeks in different places, just sort of being there and living like a local, peeling back all the layers. I had sort of a journalistic blog project that I was working on. And um, this moment was about, I think about nine or 10 months into the year that I spent traveling. And uh, just such a special moment for me. It was in, it was in Cambodia. It was in Angkor Wat which is um, a UNESCO heritage site um, in the jungle, deep in Cambodia. And um, I had decided to go on a pilgrimage there by myself, um, traveled hours and hours on buses and tuk-tuks and all this sort of stuff <laughs> to get there. And um, I had done a lot of research um, into Angkor Wat, um, you know, the history of it and how it was discovered, um, because it really wasn't until, um, you know, in the last, like, I think it was like 20 years that it's been open to the public. So more of a newer, newer, um, newer ancient site, if that makes any sense, um, as far as um, access. Um, But yeah, so I had done all this research into how to experience it. And I had decided that I would wake up at uh, like three in the morning, and I would hire a private tube driver to come and pick me up where I was staying and and take me out to the temples and um, there was one temple in particular which is called Tapram um, that just sounded amazing and I really wanted to be there and experience it by myself um, and um, and so that's what I did and so my tuk-tuk comes to pick me up and we're driving there and as you know as I'm in the tuk-tuk in the back uh, we're you know bumbling along to where the entry point is and the sun is starting to gradually come up and my driver who really spoke no English just sort of motioned for me to get out and I did and I'm walking down this sort of like probably I don't know a half a mile long road um, with trees on either side just sort of approaching like the gate to the temple and I walk in And as I'm walking in, literally the sun is just ascending into the sky and it's in the middle of the jungle. And there's just this temple that is really like a labyrinth. Um, It's made of stone, but 
because it's in the jungle, there's, you have like fica trees and all this, you know, this sort of jungle foliage, um, that's sort of interwoven with the temple itself. And it's just this unbelievable labyrinth of, um, stone and moss and all these different structures and openings. And then there's, you know, these covered parts and open parts and, I'm just there by myself and you know, there's birds chirping and because it's the jungle, you hear like crickets and insects. And, um, I just, I sort of um, made my way just sort of weaving throughout this labyrinth and just taking it all in by myself. And at one point I just sort of laid down on top of this stone wall, right smack in the middle of it and just surrounded on all sides by temple and open sky and, these, um, you know, ficus trees and the birds. And I just closed my eyes and I just got really, really deep into meditation, um, and just sort of zenning out and just being super present and just taking in, you know, where I was. And then I had made this pilgrimage happen. And then I, you know, was there all by myself. And then I managed to have this temple just entirely to myself. It was just such a wild moment. Um, and something I will truly never forget. And I think about it all the time, especially amidst all the chaos and craziness of living in New York and just busy life and work and, you know, just sort of all the daily noise. Um, I think about this moment just in the most like rural, specific, off the beaten path um, place on earth, probably one of that I've ever been um, or, or high on the list. And just that moment of solitude and, um, you know, stillness in myself, um, and just the, the trees and the birds. And I don't know, it was just such a captivating moment for me. And I, I come to a, come back to it a lot. I think just to sort of remind myself that, you know, there's, there's this, I mean, this temple is, is, is there right now and the birds are chirping and, um, there's people there meditating there now. And, you know, and just to sort of bring myself back to the fact that, that, that quiet is out there and, um, that the world is just such a big place. And, um, you know, sometimes it can be really easy to sort of get into that myopic mindset here in New York mm -hmm. where you just get so sucked in, you know? And sure. so I just, I always think about that. I think about it almost every week of just, huh. you know, that, um, and at any point I could, you know, get on a plane and take it to another plane and take it to a bus and then mm -hmm. take that to another bus and then take a tuk-tuk and then, you know, take another tuk-tuk and I could be there again, you know? Do you find yourself searching for a place like that in relative terms, really closer to your day-to-day -day life here? I mean, I don't think there's anywhere on earth quite like Angkor Wat. Um, this particular temple, Tapram, they actually filmed um, Indiana Jones, I think in the Temple of Doom in this particular temple. It's a really unique place. And, you know, it's from like, I think probably around seven or 800 um, AD. Um, I don't think there's anywhere specifically like it, but in, in terms of like the feeling, you know, that was sort of radiating through my body and through my heart at that moment, I think, yeah, I mean, I think for sure, you know, there's definitely other places, um, close to home, whether it's like, you know, even just Central Park or shit, your backyard where you can kind of like quiet your mind and like really zen out and, and get into that frame of mind where you're just like really, embracing the stillness and um, just kind of opening your heart and, you know, just um, being super, super present. I mean, I think for sure 
Um, but I always go back to that mindset because I think in that case, it was like the environment that really took me there. And that was just such a blessing and, you know, such a fortunate experience to have. Were there other people around that day? So eventually, probably, I think probably I had about an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 45 minutes there at this temple by myself because I was there so early in the morning, you know, before anyone else. And then eventually, probably, I don't know, around like maybe 9.30 or 10 a.m., um, some of these, you know, Chinese tour buses rolled in and then, you know, all of a sudden you have throngs of hundreds of tourists and stuff that had rolled in. Um, but because I had sort of mapped out this way to do it, um, that was kind of against the green and starting way earlier, but also kind of doing things in a different order than the average tourist, um, I had the opportunity to be there entirely alone, um, which was just so cool. Yeah. Having that happy place is really significant. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was kind of a life-changing moment for me because it was like, you know, I mean, I think I thought to myself, wow, I'd love to make it to Angkor Wat, but I just, you know, will I? Like, it's so far and it seems so hard to get there. And, you know, even if I do, like, am I going to, you know, have the guts to go, you know, peel back all the layers by myself and, um, you know, just feeling really unsure if I could do it and if I would make it. And um, I think, you know, once I realized, oh, my God, this is a dream and now it's a reality and I'm here and I'm in this moment and life is just so good. I think it was like a real turning point for me and just realizing that, like, if there's something I want to do, if there's, you know, a place I dream about visiting, if there's, you know, even no matter how far away or out of reach it may seem, like, if you just connect the dots and kind of believe that I can manifest it. It really can. Um, so that was just, you know, I mean, the whole experience of spending that year traveling, I would say fit kind of into that bucket of, of, um, you know, of thinking and just sort of changing the paradigm of how I live my life and my thinking. Um, but that moment in particular was just such a crystallization of like, wow, this dream is like become a reality. Liz, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. replay in my mind every few weeks and have for close to 20 years. I don't think there's a specific trigger. It just happens. One's from senior year in high school, a phone call from a friend asking me to sit down before telling me that another friend of ours was killed in a car accident. The other was about four years later when I had to make a similar call. But I'm glad Liz brought up the place where she transports herself in her mind because I do that too. To the Maasai Mara in Kenya where Marissa and I spent much of our honeymoon. And the silence there, the complete silence that I can't imagine existing many places in the world. Liz is a stylist. Check out her site, LizChernet.com, C-H-E-R-N-E-T-T, LizChernet.com. And follow her on Instagram at WawaJohn, that's J-A-W-N, it's another Philly thing. I'm at WawaRun on Instagram and at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V on Twitter. I'd like to hear from you about the moments that replay in your mind if you'd like to share. And speaking of sharing, please share the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It takes 30 seconds to click five stars and write 15 words about why you like the show. It would really make my day. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.